Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. And welcome back to the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. As promised, got Representative Jim Lucas from Seymour, District 69, uh, friend of the show, personal friend of mine, uh, I'm proud to say. Jim, uh, welcome back to the show, buddy. Oh, it's always good to be back, Guy. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And by the way, before we get into your legislation and what's going on in the General Assembly, congratulations are in order, man. New Harley Street Glide today. Did I see that on oh, yeah. social media? Yes. I, uh, I Huge shout out to my wife for being so cool in uh, working with me on getting that. And I, it's, what a beautiful day to ride. But it's yeah, a great ride. I love it. Oh, it's beautiful. Now, you've been a motorcycle rider for a long time. But uh, now, have you had Harleys before? Because I think your most recent was Metric, wasn't it? And have you had Harleys before? Are you coming back to it? Or where are you on uh, that? Victory. Oh, this is my first Harley. Is it really? Yeah. Welcome yeah, to the fraternity, they're... brother. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be taking you to the tattoo shop here sooner than later. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we got a. We got. You're not really a Harley rider, and you know until you're willing to willing to, to you know proclaim that for all for all eternity somewhere on your. I'm kidding. I don't actually have a Harley tattoo myself, but but I'm excited for you. I look forward to riding with you, man. I've been riding my whole life. I got my first Harley when I was 17, and uh, have one now. So man, we we'll, we'll get out. We'll be uh, we'll be cutting through the wind a little bit. It's here at some point. Oh yeah, and bike riders are some of the greatest group of people you ever meet in your life. Oh you yeah, know? absolutely. You're right. Absolutely. Conversation. Well, hey, well, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, I'm sorry, I got carried away. No, that no. Hey, I I brought it up, but you know, I, I'm. By the way, that you know, it, another show we're starting next week is the biker guy uh, here on ninety three. No, I'm kidding. Um, although that'd be a lot of fun. So, uh, House Bill eleven seventy seven. You know, I, this uh, was introduced by you. Not your first time taking a shot at a teacher training bill. I think is the appropriate short-term way to refer this uh, to this, but um, this one seems to have more momentum. Let's first talk about what this bill really does and doesn't do. Well, it's, and as usual, with on the, all the gun bills and stuff like that, there's so much misinformation out there that trying to combat that is more of a challenge than selling the actual piece of legislation itself. All this is, Guy, it's just a standardized form of training that uh, we developed, reached out. You, know, you were uh, monumental. I mean, you had a huge lot of input for it, uh, people that train our police officers. And the goal was just in, in the last instant of when an active shooter, heaven forbid, ever happened in Indiana, but an active shooter come into a school or classroom that that teacher or staff member has the ability to defend themselves. And as we've seen play out tragically time and time again, you know, uh, Columbine, Sandy Hook, Virginia Tech, um, Parkland, Florida, here recently, Uvalde, Texas, you know, it's all these people inside are defenseless. And there's, uh, I'm not going to point finger at cops. I, I'm, you, I am 100% supportive of our law enforcement officers, but, you know, as we saw in Uvalde, there was a massive communication breakdown. And people were left defenseless inside for almost an hour and 15 minutes. Um, same with Parkland. You know, that school resource officer took off and hid. And what happened at Parkland, you know, that's really what initiated this legislation back in uh, 2018, 2019, 
was once I read that report at Parkland and there was a sheriff in that area that did a complete 180. He went from being completely against teachers and staff being trained and armed to fully supportive because what they did in the analysis of Parkland, that shooter had time to stop and reload five different occasions. Mm. Just one of those, you know, a teacher um, trained in that specific type of scenario. You know, I don't, I'm not asking for teachers to be SWAT teams or anything like that. Just be able to defend yourself. It's well, that simple. Well, exactly. Well, and on that point, um, you know, that, that no one's asking, uh, teachers to be police officers or you know SWAT team members um, but as I testified in front of the education committee when I was there to support your bill because I said to me it's pretty simple I said if God forbid that moment happens and an active shooter busts through the door of your kid's classroom and that teacher is standing there facing someone with with a handgun or a rifle or whatever it might be do you want that teacher to be empty-handed or would you like them to have a chance at defending themselves and your kid and, and all the other kids in that classroom. And I don't think that's a hard question to answer. Oh, no, and it's sad that it's we have to defend this because when you look, when, when they dial 911, the first people they call are people with guns to get there yeah. as fast as humanly possible. So why not have somebody trained on site right there? And, you know, I'm not saying that they have an obligation to do anything. Just as they nobody does right now, and you know that's another point, guy, that so many people either don't know or overlook. After that Parkland shooting, a group of parents sued the school corporation, and a federal court ruled that police do not have a duty to protect us. And that was even kids that were being murdered. And the Supreme Court has ruled on that not once but twice, and both of those incidents involved children. So our highest courts in the land have ruled that we are on our own. Period. Well, exactly. Yet, when we, we go in and we have these hearings, or as you uh, had to defend uh, on the floor of the House on second reading, and we'll, we'll kind of go through that process here in a minute, um, it seems to be a lot of the opposition to this bill is, you know, people, and, and for some reason when I hear this, and, and it's just probably because I, I associate a, a, a lot of these folks with a character on the old Saturday Night Live show, uh, I think it was Gilda Radner who who would come in and completely misstate something during the news. She'd come on and say something <laughs> like, "You know, I don't understand what all this talk is about violins on television." You know, and they should go on and on and on about what's wrong with violins on television. And somebody would finally say, uh, "We're talking about violence on television." Go, oh, never mind. And and yeah. I swear that's the voice in my head when I go to these hearings because in one after the other, these people standing up opposing your bill says, if we pass this bill, then, 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 then school districts are all going to put guns in their schools. Or if we pass this, then the local uh, school boards won't have the authority to decide whether guns go in their schools or not. Or, you know, I just don't like guns in schools, so we ought to defeat this bill. And, and, and it's so frustrating because you just want to scream. It's like the don't say gay bill, and I don't even mean to get off on that tangent, but it's you yeah. want to scream at them and say, have you read the bill? I mean, just like just like that, you know that that bill didn't say "don't say gay" in a whole nother discussion. But your bill had no, has nothing to do with taking any discretion away from local school boards on the fundamental decision of whether to arm whether to arm teachers or, or staff or otherwise. Well, and that's one of the great things about this legislation, as you said earlier in your show. Under current Indiana law, school corporations are free to do whatever they want. 
you know, they could sit there and say, hey, we recognize the Second Amendment. As long as you're not prohibited to carry, you can carry on a property. Um, and that's the way it should be. Well, well except for I, w- I would love to see our rights recognized instead of, you know, some geographical line. You're walking on the sidewalk. One minute you're lawfully carrying. You step on school property. Now you're a felon. I don't agree with that, but that's a new fight for another day. But, you know, this program is strictly voluntary. A school corporation can opt into it or not. Um, teachers volunteer for it or not. The teachers that do pass the same psychological evaluation that we require for police officers. And this is a, 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 you know, a program that is standardized amongst the state that the state will pay for. And if the school corporation wants their, their teachers to have more training on any area you know, like weapon retention or more range time, whatever, you, great. Hey, but that's on you. They pay for it. But this is a good program. And when you look at the, the fiscal responsibility of it, the average resource officer, their salary is about $65,000. Well, for that $65,000, we can train approximately 40 staff members, give or take what part of the state you're in. But you just multiplied your deterrent factor by a factor of 40. And that alone right there should should be worth taking note. Well, yeah, and, and if I'm a potential mass shooter and I'm planning, you know, my particular mass shooting and I want to wreak as much havoc and create as much devastation, you know, death and mayhem as I possibly can in the in the shortest amount of time or whatever it takes for law enforcement to show up and intercede, how am I going to feel about walking into a school where – 20 or 30 teachers, and I don't know which ones they are. I have no idea because that's all going to be confidential within the schools. Not only that they have the capacity to, to defend themselves and their students, but they've been trained with the same number of hours. This is something that people didn't quite get, and you and I both explained it in the Education Committee, and you've been explaining it pretty much daily since then, which yeah. is that this is the same number of hours of firearms training. This is specifically directed toward and specialized around the, the the school environment and training teachers and what they need to know. But this is the same number of hours that a sworn police officer gets in the academy before they're given a gun to go out and patrol the sea, the, the streets as a police officer. Absolutely. 40 hours is, is what the program you're talking about for police to graduate from the law enforcement academy. And that was my starting point. I wanted a 40-hour class to mimic that and make people feel comfortable. But I will be so bold to say that I think these teachers and staff might be just a little bit better trained than your rookie fresh out of the academy because they are trained on so many different scenarios. This specific class is geared towards just one scenario only, and that's active shooter inside the school. And it's defensive use. Most of it is defensive. But, you know, there's a lot of firearm safety, a lot of weapon retention. Um, After the shoot, we want to take care of our teachers and staff. You know, God forbid they ever get involved in something like this. I I want them to know that they are going to be taken care of. And they will be provided with the resources that they will need, you know, on an after-shoot scenario. Well, you know, in the the progression of any bill and what determines whether a bill gets passed into law or not, you know, it starts, it gets introduced— and it first starts with, you know, to, uh, after it gets um, assigned to a committee, and all bills get assigned to a committee, okay, does that committee chairman give the bill uh, a hearing or not? And so your bill got over that hurdle, as it has in the past, similar bills, very similar bills in the past. 
this one got a hearing. Well, then it has to pass out of the committee, and yours did overwhelmingly, I think nine to four, if I recall, and I was there, as I mentioned, and testified. Um, then it gets a second reading, and there's a, an additional challenge. Second reading is where you know it gets brought to the floor, in this case of the House, and then other members of the House can propose amendments. And a lot of times, um, adversarial uh, legislators, you know, typically when we're talking about guns, it's typically Democrats, will introduce a whole bunch of amendments, essentially trying to kill the bill by making it so unpalatable to fight through all the amendments that leadership just gives up and doesn't call the bill to a vote. In this case, there were a couple of amendments, and I watched a little bit of the the, the House chambers as this was going on, but but uh, you know, no disrespect because I actually uh, do respect the, the guy as a as a lawyer. Uh, but I always call him Angry Ed Delaney because he he just seems to be kind of a grumpy guy whenever I'm encountering. Maybe that's because he just does, really doesn't like whatever it is that I'm talking about at the time. <laughs> but but Angry Ed uh, offered a couple of amendments, and you had to fight those off. What what was that all about? Um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for for Representative Delaney, and, and you're right. I mean, uh, I think that's just his persona up there. He is a great guy, and you get him, you know, not under the spotlight like that. But one of them, one of the amendments, that wanted to make the uh, the list of those that were trained available to the media, which I oh for crying with. out loud, yeah. Um, I, it just I don't want that because I think that right there would deter a lot of people from going through the training. And as we've seen in the media all too often, they will weaponize that list and use it to, you know, just really make those people's lives hell. So that I fought hard and kept that out. Another one was, you know, by the way, Jim, I don't mean to interrupt, but did he think that through? Why would you want a potential mass shooter? To know which which teachers I, are trained and therefore are carrying a gun into school. Why would you want to release that as a matter of operational security, as we say, to to the public, including bad guys who may want to decide what entrance they come in, what rooms they go to? Why would you give them a roadmap to avoiding the teachers with guns? He clearly didn't think that one through. Well, you and I share the same thought on that, but not everybody thinks like you and I do, guys. So. Yeah. Well, just I, I don't know what his intention was with that, but I, I'm sure it was a good one. You know, I'm, I'm sure he thought well of it, but you know, fortunately, we won out, and that amendment did not make it into it. So I was, I was proud of that victory. Then the other one was basically just to make the list available, you know, to parents and such, which um, I can kind of see that, but also that defeats the purpose of keeping the anonymity about it so the active school shooter doesn't know who has the training and who doesn't. You know, if you have school A and school B, and all of a sudden you throw out this list out there, school B has 35 people in it that are trained and school A has none, you just made school A a target. Well, exactly. And and, and listen, Jim, uh, producer Carl's giving me the you dumbass look. Uh, you know, as in we're way past the bottom of the hour, but uh, your bill passed the the house overwhelmingly, uh, yeah. something like sixty seven to twenty four. I want to say I, I looked at it when it happened. Um, now it goes to the Senate, just real quickly because we need to get out of here. But uh, uh, of this segment, but well, what do you what do you think the prospects are in the Senate? Because we've seen you know pro two a bill after bill over the years uh, fly through the house and then uh, die in the Senate. How are you feeling about it over on the, in the oh, other I feel chamber? very good. I, I, I have a great uh, team of sponsors over Senator Oldman. 
um, Baldwin, Cook, and Garden, and they're going to do a great job. This is essentially the same bill that we got through the process in 2019, made it all the way up to the you know finish line, but there was an amendment that got attached to it that I, I didn't care for, but we have since resolved that issue. So this is the same great bill that we got all the way to conference committee in 2019, and there's really no reason it shouldn't pass now. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, congratulations on, on getting it through the House. Um, when it goes over to the Senate, uh, hopefully it goes to the Education Committee and not Judiciary. Uh, that's a whole other discussion. Um, but uh, uh, once it, it gets scheduled for a hearing over there, assuming it does, and it certainly should, then uh, I'll be there, man. I'll be in there swinging for you, helping you try to get this thing done. Well, as always, and we do appreciate all the time and effort you put into it, and I'm looking forward to that first ride together. Yeah, hey, I am so looking forward to that. That we'll, we'll save that for another discussion on the Biker Guy Show. Where Carl, we're, we're starting that show. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> Jim, brother, thank you so much, man. Hang in there, uh, enjoy that new motorcycle. I'll be talking to you soon. We'll do. Take care, guys. Thank all you. right, we're way late. Get into a break. This is Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WYBC.